Xbox is going mobile, the Windows 10 taskbar might be dead, and the most profitable acquisition in Xbox history. Ooh, it's Friday. Friday, it's good to be back. Took a, took a little hiatus because I was eating too much turkey and spending time with family and friends and all that good stuff. So it's been a Friday. It's been a week. Hopefully you had a wonderful week. It's, yeah, it's been a good time. Been a good time. So we got a lot to dive into here. Xbox side, Microsoft side. So strap on in friends. Timestamps down, uh, down in the description or the little slider bar thing if you're on the YouTubes. And as always, here we go. So Sam Altman is back at OpenAI. I almost said back at Microsoft. So uh, he potentially was the shortest tenured senior executive in Microsoft history if he ever actually was an employee. It felt like it was more of like a paper tweet sort of thing or zeet, whatever they're called on X these days. doesn't really matter. Sam Altman is back at OpenAI and Microsoft officially has an observer seat on the board. Now, if you remember, Sachin Adela was like, hey, we're never going to be caught off guard again. And so that is the observer seat. And I actually have a picture here of the observer seat from the OpenAI board if you're not on the on the video here, then you don't get it. But anyways, it's a picture of Clippy. Uh, dangerous Clippy, I should say, actually. Just Corden, I think, probably used Dolly to create something like that. But either way, there is your official board observer over at uh, OpenAI. But now Microsoft, you know, they've got their thing. They've got, uh, they're in a better position now because of all of this stuff, honestly, that really happened. Microsoft is now testing an energy saver feature, uh, or an enhanced, I should say, energy saver feature on Windows 11. Interestingly enough, this feature is actually coming to desktop as well. And for, at first I was like, why would you ever really need this on a desktop, right? You're always plugged in, that sort of thing. However, there's definitely a non-zero chance that you will sometimes be running on a generator. Like if you're off the grid and you're using solar power and you somehow have a desktop computer or you need lower power consumption. So there, there are scenarios where this does make sense and uh, Microsoft is going to be bringing it to the desktop here in a future build. Uh, Microsoft is also adding, or, or I should say officially rolling out the co-creator for paint, which is their sort of dolly ingestion, create stuff right inside of paint. Uh, feature and functionality is now rolling out. So it's co-creator AI art for everybody. Although they don't call it co-pilot, right? Microsoft has really gone through and rebranded everything as co-pilot. So maybe Copilot is text and like co-creator is going to be their image stuff. Maybe we'll see. The, the branding might change whatever uh, over and over again. Who knows? It's Microsoft after all. Also, the EU is sending out a survey, if you will, uh, to other companies in Europe trying to understand like, hey, is Microsoft making Teams a separate like line item skew thing? Is that enough? Like, Give us your feedback. And so we'll see, like, I guess if they all come back and say like, no, this really doesn't change anything, then maybe the EU will look at it again. But uh, either way, they're kind of looking at it here to see like, hey, was that enough? Now, this one is super interesting, especially in the tea leaves of the world of Microsoft and for what I do for a living here. So Microsoft, uh, in the latest Canary build, they have a new, it's a new hidden feature, if you will. It's not, and feature is the wrong word. So one of the things you can actually do in Windows uh, 11 right now is re-enable the Windows 10 taskbar. Like all the bits and guts are like sort of in there. Like you can enable it. And a little inside baseball, I believe during the out of box experience or UBI or OOB, the Windows 10 taskbar is actually present, but I believe it's hidden. And so I think Microsoft is finally at the point where they can turn that off like permanently. And so they're actually setting flags where they can now do this. Now, 
logically what I would think would happen here is that Microsoft would say, look, we're going to turn this off by default and let's see what breaks. Like, let's see what blows up on us. And then once they get through that stage of like what blows up on us, then they would officially rip it out. Now this is in Canary. So that would potentially lead us to believe that this would be a windows 12 thing. However, we have seen features leak from Canary to everybody. And so it would be getting rid of some of the, some of the old code that's in there. Uh, Obviously, I work and build Start 11 and Start 11 V2, which we just shipped. I can tell you, while I haven't explicitly tried this feature in all of its glory in every single scenario, we don't use any of the Windows 10 taskbar bits, so we don't think we, we should be okay. We don't expose it. We did our own thing, uh, which is, candidly, we expected Microsoft to do this a long time ago, but here we are. Uh, they are doing it now. So that one will be fun and interesting to watch. But I think more interesting to watch that is what's happening over on the gaming side this week. So first off, there's been some, there's Xbox dashboard updates. This is not what I'm talking about here, uh, but it is interesting, right? There's a new Xbox compact mode. Uh, there's also new notifications for on free play days. So if you have something on your wish list and there's a free play day, you're going to get a little notification. Also on the notification side, you can now filter uh, out your notifications to unread only. So not that big of a deal, but what I do think is actually a really big deal. So Phil Spencer, uh, this comes from Bloomberg, but they just basically took a, a Phil Spencer was down South, uh, down in Sao Paulo doing an interview and he was really talking about some of their long tailed strategy and more importantly, the Xbox mobile store. Now we've known that Microsoft has been talking about this, but Phil Spencer said, uh, down there, he said, it is an important part of our strategy and something we are actively working on today and not alone. So this is referring to Microsoft working on bringing a mobile app store and, and I shouldn't say Microsoft, but an Xbox game store to things like iOS and Android. And he's very clear in saying we are actively working on it today. And more importantly, not alone. Who who else is the not alone? That is something we don't know. Uh, he says, but we're talking to our other partners who'd also like to see more choice on how they can monetize the phone. Spencer said in an interview during the Sao Paulo, uh, during CCXP Comics and Entertainment Convention. Super duper interesting there because we knew that it was coming. And uh, I believe it was The Verge originally said March of 2024 is when they were expecting uh, this to happen. However, we all know that it took a much longer time to get the Activision Blizzard deal closed. So that could push these timelines out. And not to mention, like when you forecast things to be ready a year out in advance, sometimes longer you miss deadlines, right? Like that, that's a reality of building technology. Not to mention Microsoft needs to be in a position where they can launch this thing and be kind of like, right. Making sure that it's above grade. And like I, iOS has to allow this. Android has to allow this. Everything has to be aligned up and it has to be a great top tier experience. So, we will see, but it's the not alone part that really stands out to me. Because obviously Microsoft has a wealth of catalog uh, at this point, especially after their closure. And that was honestly part of the deal was like, hey, we need all these titles to put them into a mobile store. And that way people would actually, you know, click on our store. Right? And if it has Call of Duty Mobile, if it has all the King's titles, if it has all that stuff. Then they actually stand a chance to compete with the native stores from iOS and Android. That, those, that is a very tall challenge to do, right? You're trying to change consumer behavior about where you can go and get games. Not easy. So when it says not alone, I'm assuming, right? We're assuming that there are other third party partners out there. Um, like a take two would be pretty huge for them to get uh, under there. Maybe an Ubisoft. We don't really know, but we'll find out uh, here probably in the not too distant future about Microsoft strategy that is going along with this. Now, other things uh, that Phil Spencer said during this time, 
he <laughs> he also said, I don't think this is multiple years away. I think this is sooner than that, referring to bringing that Xbox mobile store to market. So just kind of keep that in mind that even Phil Spencer is like sitting out out here going like, hey, this thing is sooner rather than later. And if there's anybody on the planet who actually is going to know, it would be Phil Spencer. Now, also super interesting this week, Tim Stewart, who is the CFO over on the Xbox side, uh, was at the Wells Fargo Summit. This shouldn't be all that surprising, but have you ever wondered what the most successful acquisition in Microsoft's history? Now, you're probably sitting here thinking, they just closed a $70 billion acquisition. There's no way that would be it. Right, it's obviously not that. It's Minecraft. Minecraft, without uh, without a doubt, has proven to be the most successful acquisition in Xbox history, where they walked into Sachi's office and says, we're going to spend $2.5 billion on this thing. And we know that it worked out so well because Microsoft has gone on a buying spree, concluding with uh, Blizzard Activision. And so between Phil Spencer talking about the mobile store and Tim Stewart coming out talking about, hey, Minecraft is the most, uh, the best acquisition and shout out to Tech Raptor who uh, wrote up all the notable quotes from that. Um, it's worth reading, you know, all of Tim's words as he went through this, but still just officially hearing from the leadership team that says, look, mobile is our, isn't our future, but mobile is coming. Mobile is happening. And by the way, Minecraft it was it was number one. It was number one for us. So uh, other things, Microsoft is going to be at the Xbox Game Awards, which is happening on December 7th. I remember, actually somebody tagged me on Twitter and I can't remember your username. I do apologize. It says, if you remember, Xbox, I believe, wasn't at the event last year, which is kind of odd because, right, they announced the Series X, then Microsoft, like, ghosted the thing. And so clearly they, they learned from that mistake and they're going to be there. And let's be honest, they have so many studios now. They just got to go out there and be like, hey, who has an announcement that we can do at the event? We'll see what they come up with. Maybe they're going to talk about the mobile store. Maybe not. I don't think we're going to see like a hardware refresh. We already know that leaked because of the FCC. And they're not going to announce that stuff in the middle, in the middle of the holiday shopping season. So speaking of that holiday shopping season, if you are looking for a console, uh, just look around. The best deals we have seen so far is $399 for a Series X, which is a pretty banging deal. So if you're looking for like trying to evaluate like where, like if you see a sale and you're like, I don't know if this is good or not, $399 appears to be the lowest we have seen for a Series X uh, without like going through some crazy hoops or hurdles. So keep that in mind as you're shopping around uh, for the hardware. So Christmas time is a coming, my friends. It is a coming. So anyways, on to the gaming news. Rafiq says, isn't it going to be very risky for Microsoft to put the popular mobile games into the Game Pass since they are by far more profitable than console games? Interesting thoughts here. Uh, what do you think will be their strategy? And second, what is the best free voice to text app? Ooh, that's a whole separate thing. Okay, so let's start talking about them taking their games, which on mobile typically are more are more profitable. Like that's a known quantity. Microtransactions typically work a lot better on mobile devices. And that's, I, I, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's where they really took off and then they made their way over to literally every platform because they did so well on mobile. So by Microsoft putting things into a Game Pass on mobile, doesn't that really impact it? Well, Microsoft has some precedence for that, right? They've already done it on the console. They've done it on the PC. Now, granted, his point is that, hey, mobile is a little bit different of a beast. However, Microsoft is playing for the long strategy here, right? That is it, that is known. Not to mention, not everybody's going to sign up for Game Pass on mobile or for this mobile app store uh, and remove themselves from the traditional model, if you want to call it that, that we're currently seeing from the titles that Microsoft is experiencing. Uh, clearly, Microsoft has weighed the pros and cons 
icons of this. Like this is not a new thought to them. Like, hey, mobile people spend more. We should, are we going to lose revenue? They've done the modeling and clearly it makes more sense. We don't know the full scenario either. Like let's say they do bring all this into an app store, into an app experience. We don't quite know how it's all going to play out yet. Is the is there going to be different pricing? Is there going to be different options? Keep in mind, Microsoft has already found ways, by the way, to get additional money out of people's pockets when they're already paying for Game Pass. Here's a perfect example. Starfield, right? You could get, like, uh, it was like four or five days early if you paid up for the, the non-basic you know basic version of the game. And a lot of people did, myself included. Where it's like, man, I don't want to wait another four days, despite the fact that I've waited multiple years for this title. And so I paid that additional like 29 bucks on top of my Game Pass to get things early. And so Microsoft might be taking that sort of route uh, on there as well. It says, what is the best free-to-text app which works with many languages at the same time? Because the Windows one doesn't seem to work very well. I don't actually know what the best text voice-to-text app is, honestly, because I don't, I don't use it. So I... I, I got to punt on this one to the community. If you guys got any ideas, would love to know. Confused Geek says, if the next gen Xbox moved to ARM, will there also be a handheld, a PS Portal clone? But better, I'll tell you what. I've been, I, I don't want to say anti-Xbox handheld. I just still don't think it makes sense. However, however, I will concede that if Xbox truly does go to ARM, like if they actually say, look, the, the console that goes under the TV is going to be ARM, I would I would agree that that increases the odds that they would actually go and make a mobile handheld. Why? Because ARM scales much better into a mobile form factor than the x86 style chips that Microsoft is using in their console. So I would agree that the likelihood would increase if that did happen. So we'll see. We will see. Keep in mind, though, Microsoft doesn't want to cannibalize any of their sales that they might have in the mythical app store. And as of right now, we already know they like to lean on their partners. Look at the Legion Go, the, uh, the ROG, right? Those devices, uh, which is where an Xbox app store would also sort of shine, uh, might be the route that they want to go. Because, again, hardware is hard. Greg Edwards dropping in who says, what do you think about the long-term impact of the drama that unfolded at OpenAI last week? Does it worry you that Sam Altman is now pretty much untouchable uh, regardless of the resolution? I think that seeing such an important company in chaos seemingly out of the blue was jarring for a lot of people, potentially including investors and customers. I agree with you there. Do you think organizations will think twice before putting all their eggs in the OpenAI basket? This is a fascinating thing. And I, I'm totally on board with uh, Greg here because two weeks ago, we're like, hey, OpenAI is the most stable, start, quote unquote, startup, if you will, whatever you want to call it, company in Silicon Valley. They are tried and true and like they've got everything going. They've got all the tailwind they need. They've got all the money that's flowing in. They've got positive hype after hype after hype. And then all of a sudden, all that stuff exploded. Just a complete tailspin right? Like everybody went crazy and Microsoft sitting over here going like, we just, we've given these guys over $10 billion. We're betting a lot of a future of our company on it. All of a sudden our primary ally over there, or what a lot of people refer to in the industry as our advocate inside that company is now gone. That is, that is massively shaking up things. Now I would have to think that Microsoft is working on their own AI stuff that is obviously not nearly to the capability of open AI because Microsoft's not dumb. They've got resources and capabilities. They know, especially 
especially after this week, that this they don't own OpenAI. Yes, they are deep in bed with them, but at the end of the day, they are a separate company with a different board of directors, with a different structure style, and it is definitely an exposure for Microsoft. So if they are not trying to build up their own quote-unquote chat GPT on their own side using holistically all in-house stuff, they would be nuts. And I guarantee they are in some cap. They have to be. If they're not, I, I, there's no reason on planet Earth they would not be doing it um, because they know that this is the future and they can't depend on OpenAI as we've seen. So did this impact OpenAI as a whole? Absolutely. I mean, every every startup that's being dependent on using ChatGPT, uh, my company, Stardock, we use ChatGPT for internal tooling and stuff and playing around. And so, like, everybody who's dependent on that, like, had a sudden sort of suck the air out of the room by all means. So the question would be, should Microsoft, stop, should Microsoft start considering diversifying their AI investments? I'm curious if they actually have any covenants or any agreements with OpenAI where they they might be restricted in a bit. I think that would feel a little bit crazy because Microsoft's, again, the one putting the capital forward to make this happen. So it's, it's a wonderful question, and I don't think we are anywhere near seeing the actual ramifications from this because everybody who is dependent on OpenAI just had a collective heart attack and says, okay, we need a backup option, right? We need a plan B in case OpenAI does this again. So the question is, is Sam Altman untouchable? I mean, nobody's untouchable. I shouldn't say nobody's untouchable. I mean, I, as of right now, because the thing that needs to come out that we still don't have full clarity on is like, what, like what really happened? Like what was the what was the true catalyst for the board saying okay we're gonna die uh, unless we get rid of Sam Altman or whatever the logic was we still don't have clear pictures we have you know sort of ancillary reporting things like look ChatGPT can solve math which it, it, that sounds so silly but it's like a definitive solving math is is very binary right it's it's either right or wrong with large language models and language output. There's a lot of nebulous, like, is it right? Is it wrong? It, it's not always the same way. So was, is ChatGPT like on the cusp of like real general uh, AI? We don't know. Until we do know, it's, uh, you know, where are we in life? And so uh, it's fascinating. And by all means, it's not over. There, there was, the ramifications of Fallout will be felt for a long time. And honestly, probably one of the big winners will be, uh, what is it, Anthropic, who has taken on um, a lot of funding, I believe from Amazon, right? I think they're kind of the other, they're like the <laughs> the GIF, they're the other peanut butter company, uh, the generic brand, I, I believe. And they were also started by uh, OpenAI founders or early employees like that back in the day. So it, we'll see. We'll see here. Ian says, with the recent recent announcement at Ignite and Microsoft building custom ARM silicon, the news that the exclusivity deal with Qualcomm for Windows on ARM reportedly set to end in 2024, allowing other companies, NVIDIA and AMD, which we know, according to Reuters, is going to be building chips uh, to create Windows on ARM PCs. And the reality that Microsoft made a decade bet on Windows on ARM launched back in 2016. Did it? I think Windows on ARM launched 2012. Wasn't that when the Windows RT, maybe they redid some stuff in 2016. Doesn't matter. This was a long time ago. Uh, with weighty engineering investments in ARM64 and x64 emulation, how might we begin thinking about the future of Windows in 2026? Uh, three years from now. Yeah, that's not that. I think it's more shocking that 2026 is only three years away. Uh, Microsoft clearly saw the future of Azure was ARM back in 2016 and just spent the last five years building the custom silicon. What's your view for the future of Windows? Clearly, it's ARM. Let me, I, I, 
I hope it involves ARM. I really do. Like, I really hope that Microsoft is able to finally diversify these chips. And I don't want to be pessimistic about it because Microsoft has been trying since Windows RT uh, with the Surface RT uh, to get this into market. And there's always been these promises like, yeah, it's there, it's good, it's whatever. And it's always just sort of been like, yeah, the next chip from Qualcomm will be the one that really makes a difference. And it's like you, that one, the problem is like you hear about those next chips from Qualcomm uh, in November when they have their, I think it's November. Yeah, this earlier this month when they have their thing out in Hawaii, but then those chips don't hit devices for like eight months or something like that. And so by that time around, it's like, ah, whatever. So what I hope happens, like I can't, if I could predict the future, I would be buying stocks a lot more aggressively than I do already. Um, I expect that Microsoft will continue to commit to Windows on ARM and they are not going to abandon that effort. I don't think that the first generation chips from NVIDIA and AMD are really going to make a dramatic difference. I don't think they're going to do that because really what's been holding it back is honestly a lot on the software side, right? It's that emulation that you're hinting at. It's that layer that gets in the way of the, the problem is, is that people who pick up a Windows device want it to do Windows things and they don't want to have to care about how it happens. And so if the performance isn't great because it's, it's like, oh, it runs 98% of the apps with those 2% that you need, if they're like Visual Studio, if they're photo editors, right? And they impact a demographic that's large enough, then it, it really hurts the appeal of running Windows on ARM. The best case scenario, in my opinion, is that Windows on ARM comes online in a meaningful way with through NVIDIA and AMD, and nobody knows it. Like you just, you don't know and or care. That is the hope, is that Windows just runs on a device. I still think for the foreseeable future, at least the next few years, like the x86 chips will definitely hold the high-end market because the reason being is we don't know yet how you can have like an ARM chip and pair it with a 4090, right? That's a, that's a scenario that hasn't been solved and may not ever be solved and that you can't... Get, Right. Part of the appeal of Windows, at least to me as an enthusiast, is being able to crack that thing open, put a new RAM, slap a new motherboard in there. Like, are we going to get to that point with ARM where you can go to uh, Micro Center? If you have one near you, I do. Lovely store. And I, it's dangerous to go in there. Um, would you ever be able to go into a Micro Center and actually buy an ARM chip and an ARM motherboard and pick out your RAM with RGB? I, that, to me, feels like a much further out future if that ever materializes however on the x86 side that will always be a thing so um i i cannot i hope that windows on arm continues on the path that it is and hopefully it's a seamless transition but it's gonna continue to take time and the biggest thing microsoft is going against it is actually mac because everybody will be like well like we're gonna compare this thing to the m max ultra plus 6004t or whatever they're calling it. like they have max ultra they have Platinum, premium, like the whatever, you know how guys, how Apple is. Uh, it doesn't really matter. And those chips are fantastic. I'm not downplaying Apple. They have done a wonderful job. Uh, but Windows doesn't need to be at that same top tier level. It just needs to be good. It doesn't have to be great. It has to be good and not noticeable. Um, so anyways, I, I, I hope that was not negative in any way. I really want this to happen. Sydney2K says, happy, to oh my God, it is December. I, yeah, it is December, friends. I don't know what happened to November, but it's gone. Um, happy December, Brad says, Sydney. So what's going on with Microsoft Rewards? What are your thoughts? So Microsoft Rewards 
has always felt really weird to me. So I believe it's the Xbox Rewards app is going away. So there's also been Bing Rewards, and for some people, they're great. Like, it's Microsoft's way to incentivize you to use their stuff, and people get Game Pass months for it and everything else. But it's always felt like, like if it didn't exist, then people would just abandon Bing. Like, that's the only reason they use Bing for other things. And I know there are people listening to this saying, I use Bing no matter what. I would use it without rewards. But whenever you enter, like, Google doesn't do this. Like, Yahoo doesn't do this. Ask Jeeves didn't do this. It didn't. It clearly doesn't work at a, a scalable level because we have all know what's happening with a Bing market share at the end of the day. It's not growing, actually. Uh, when ChatGPT, either Bing GPT, whatever, and now Copilot GPT, whatever we're calling it this week on Bing, um, didn't really change anything from a usage share, any meaningful usage share. So the reward stuff, is it propping up Bing search? It might be, and Microsoft might be scared to take that risk, or they know, like, look, we're just losing money on this, and, like, we're just going to get rid of it. We'll find out. Uh, Mr. PK dropping those questions. He says, I saw there was a lot of vulnerabilities in Windows 11 Hello recently. Yes, I believe that was with the fingerprint reader. Are they all fixed, and is it safe to say hello again to Windows? Um, I, I don't know if it was ever unsafe. How I, I guess that, that kind of qualifies it, right? Like it's like by using your face ID, you weren't going to get malware installed. Uh, it's just how secure were you, right? Especially in those more sensitive organizations where you're a government agency, you're a military. Yeah, that that is a very big deal to the average consumer like myself. Eh, not so much. Um, but I believe Microsoft has pushed out those fixes. If they haven't, they've they've recognized them. So. Uh, Mr. PKI says, ending the question of the week to mix it up a little bit. It seems like you always wear Under Armour hoodies on YouTube. Are you now an Under Armour celebrity endorser? I wish. I wish they would send me more clothes, or more clothes, any clothes for that matter. Uh, my only endorsement on this podcast is actually the clothes that my wife typically will pick out for me when she finds a good sale. Uh, like any good spouse, if she finds, she knows what I like and if it's on sale. She'll go pick it up for me uh, when she's out uh, gallivanting around with my daughter and when they are out having a wonderful time uh, hanging out together. I'm not one for shopping. It's just like, eh. It's just like, eh. So, anyways, friends, hopefully you've had a wonderful week. It's been, uh, the questions were rock solid this week. I mean, like, really rock solid. I don't know. Appreciate you guys. Hopefully you made it all the way to this far in the podcast. Hopefully you had a wonderful November. Hopefully December is even better. And we'll catch all of you right back here next time.